welcome, 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 everybody, to this very special Poker Coaching Edition of Tactical Tuesday. Uh, today, we are going to be breaking down maybe a record number of hands. I don't know if we've ever broken down this many hands um, in our lives, actually. You're gonna, we're going to break down a, a hand that starts with a flop C-bet um, overbet. We're going to face a river jam with a second nut flush and a four flush run out. Always super fun. Uh, we're going to turn top pair, top kicker after facing a big flop C-bet with ace high. Going to check back an over pair on a connected board as the pre-flop raiser. And you're going to get the old flopping ace king high in a four bet pot IP as the pre-flop raiser scenario. So that's, that's going to be coming at you um, in this poker coaching tactical Tuesday edition. Uh, I am... Coach Brad Wilson, I'm joined by my co-host of Tactical Tuesday, as always, Mr. John Chai. John, how you doing, sir? Very good. How are you? Doing very well. Um, doing very well. Uh, good morning to everybody here in the chat. Um, just, you know, it's easy on, on Tactical Tuesday to, to listen to all the episodes and think, wow, John, like, he, he always brings these hands where he, he just gets stacked again and again. Is he actually like good at poker? I, I don't know. Um, so just wanted to kind of, you know, g give you guys an insight into to John's abilities playing six max online cash. He's my most successful student of all time. I guess, arguably, uh, Shu is pretty successful as well. Both both John and Shu, those are my, my prized pupils. Um, you know, he, we've been had a coaching relationship for the past uh, three years. He's John is, you know, a partner in my CFP. So he's done all the things as it relates to, to student coach relationship. So John is. Are we here? <laughs> uh, now I'm, I, I don't know how to reset this thing. Okay, we're back now. Okay, good. Oh, looks like we're back. Thank goodness we're back. All right, so I don't know what you heard about John, but suffice it to say, he, he plays the you know, the sidekick dunts very, very well, but he, he actually is good at poker. I know that's shocking to some people. Um, but if you look at his graph, he, he's, he's very, very successful. So now after building John up, let's dive into these hands, um, here on tactical Tuesday, and we're going to be doing our best to, um, We're going to be doing our best to answer the chat, but we're not used to juggling two balls at one time and having a chat to answer to. So we'll maybe look at that after we look at each individual hand. Um, thank you to Poker Coaching uh, Premium subscribers who have given us this treasure trove of hands to break down and throwing us you know, all, all the challenges, um, the gauntlet. Uh, this hand number one is going to be quite an interesting hand and under normal circumstances would probably just talk about this for an hour straight so uh, here everybody folds the cutoff six max online cash i believe it's 50 cent a dollar are the stakes the hero opens in the cutoff to 2.5 bigs and the big blind calls looks like the big blind is an unknown and we get the six seven deuce uh flop so hero flops the nut flush draw, villain checks, and now we're at our first decision point, right? We have um, just a total wide spectrum of sizes, I think, that we can choose from. So, Yeah, this feels like a spot already, just facing check on the flop that we could spend days talking about CBET strategy here and, and what size to use. Um, at the end of the day, I think it just kind of all boils down to there are lots of very, very good CBET strategies for this flop texture um, cutoff versus big blind in a single raise pot. Um, I think the one that I used to use when I was playing 100 and L, which was not that long ago, it was like two and a half years ago, would just be to start out with a third on the flop. Um, 
and then use different use larger sizes on the turn in the river um so that, i think that's like one you know kind of very standard way to go i think you could start out with like a bigger seabed and construct a seabedding strategy that has um some bigger sizes and maybe a few more checks um so yeah just infinite ways you can go on this board yeah i think what's What's most important here as it relates to the size that you choose, um, because if you go to, you know, um, any of the solvers where you can look at the strategy and you'll see that, like, there's a spectrum of sizing options you could choose from, you know, small to overbet. What's most important is that you choose a size, you choose a strategy that you know how to deploy and that you're not going to fail when deploying that strategy, right? So, like, instead of, um, you know, if... The preferred size in a solver is 150, right? But you don't actually know how that size works because it's a rare size and you don't deploy it that often. Then you're you're gonna fail a lot as it relates to deploying that seabedding strategy successfully. So to me, it's always most important that you know what your seabedding strategy is and you know how to play downstream and you know how to play facing a flop check call, facing facing a flop check raise. Um, you know what to do on different equity shifting turns after you see about a specific size. Um, and I think that like we, we kind of gotten to the point in solver land where it's like, oh, there, we have like five different sizing options here. Well, if you have five different sizing options as your strategy, your, your strategy is going to fail very, very often and very, very frequently because you don't know how to manage your range w with all of those various sizes. So I think like the right answer here as it relates to like the sizing that you choose um, is directly related to your ability to use that sizing successfully on future streets and also know how to defend um, versus a spectrum of future actions after you use that size. And that is the most important thing here as it relates to what size you should use is your comfortability, your familiarity with using these different flop C-bet sizes. Um, yeah. and, and like John said, a few years ago, he just bet a third on pretty much every board. I don't even think he had a big bet size on any board in the two-bet pot IPPFR. And he felt very, <laughs> it's funny, uh, I feel like we're like making some kind of commercial. He felt very insecure about that, John did. But then he realized, oh, one day, um, he realized like, I know how to manage. I know what to do on like all the turns. I know how to defend versus flop check raises. I, I know like what my range and what my strategy looks like holistically. And, and that actually moved the needle more than, you know, using the, the solver preferred uh, bet size as a seabed, like understanding your strategy, how to manage it, all of these things, just it's really, really, really valuable. And I don't hear it talked about enough. Yeah, I think, um, you know, as I've played more and more online poker, that's like one of the things that I'm more and more sure about every day is that like the ability to execute my strategy is much more important than what the solver tells me the EV of my strategy is or, or the EV of the strategy that I can't execute. And like ability to execute kind of goes hand in hand with simplicity. And I think like those are those are probably like, you know, other than the strategy just being, you know, plus EV overall, like those are probably the two things that I consider the most when I'm deciding what to do in a in a in a hand or a spot is do I understand all the things that happen downstream after I take this action, after I see about this size? Do I know how I'm gonna respond to a big check raise or a small check raise after I see about this size? Um just like having the answers and thinking about all those things I think are is is really important to uh, just playing like a, a holistically sound and, and strong strategy. Otherwise, you 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 end up in a lot of nodes that you're you're unsure about, right? You you start out with a C bet size here because the solver tells you to C bet, and then you don't know what to do on flush completing turns or overcard turns or straight straight completing turns or board pairing turns because you know you maybe the only part of the node that you've studied here is like the flop C bet size. Yep, I agree, and um, I think that just to kind of ha hammer the point home before we actually <laughs> look at the, the flop c-bet size that uh hero uses here um you know in my, my jujitsu coach talks a lot about simplicity and fundamentals as it relates to um jujitsu and a thing that like people kind of overlook uh, as it relates to simplicity you know john felt insecurity because his strat was so simple but whenever something is simple right? Especially as it relates to um, poker and fundamentals, there's a path to mastery, right? So like, I think a lot of times we just think something simple and we're like, oh, we got it. So we move on. We don't spend enough time thinking about that simple thing or mastering that simple thing, like preflop strategy, um, et cetera. And the reality is like when something is simple, there's a path to mastery. And when there's a path to mastery, there is no excuse to messing it up. And so I think we allocate just way too much time 
on the complex things and way too little time on the simple things, just, you know, in general. So here we go. Hero's going to overbet the flop. Um, this is, you know, a strat that we do use, but kind of rare. Um, it, it's a pretty rare thing. I think typically we uh, are deploying the, the flop overbet on um, like eight to 10 high boards, eight, nine or 10 high boards. I think this, this board is like reasonable to start out with an overbet. Um, it's definitely going to be a thing in Solverland. And, you know, this hand is a good candidate for overbetting the nut flush draw. So I think like, I don't have any bones to pick with this size, you know, other than just like if, uh, if the, the poker coaching premium subscriber who submitted the hand, um, I would just ask them like, do you understand the holistic strategy downstream after using this size? That that's the most important thing in my opinion. Um, so now the big blind calls. And uh, I think that like, yeah, big blind calling here when you overbet is going to have a really big effect as to the type of hands that they continue with. So like essentially when you choose the big bet or the overbet here, um, on seven, six deuce with the seven, six of hearts, your ACE high, uh, equity is going to go down significantly compared if you would have bet a third, if you bet a third, your ACE high is going to have a fair amount of equity at showdown. Like you could probably check the turn and bluff catch rivers. If you really wanted to with ACE high, depending on the run out at some frequency. But when you start out with overbet, now the value of your ace high has just kind of plummeted substantially. Um, and this eight is probably a donkable card for the big blind. Like they, this is a card that like just the hands that they defend facing that flop big bet, um, this hand, this, this card is going to improve very, very many of them. So it's like, a, it's pretty favorable to the, uh, to the big blind and also not super favorable to the hero because hero, a big part of the overbet flop. Uh, strat for hero is going to be the overpairs and this eight is going to reduce the equity that their overpairs have yeah if we think about the hands that um the big blind is going to call facing the big bet it's probably going to be lots of hands like front door draws heart draws four five eight nine maybe a hand like nine ten even um ten eight seven eight probably hands like strong top pairs like seven x and then um whatever overpairs they don't three bet preflop which can include like eights and nines i guess given that this is a cut off open yep so yeah this turn overall i think is just like brad said is is pretty bad for our range but especially bad when we start out with flop over bet so that would be like the first thing that or the thing that i'm keeping in the forefront of my mind facing uh whatever the big blind decides to do here oh i would be i would i would thank my lucky stars if they check the turn and probably end up just checking back like most hands in my range that aren't like i, I think the my value bet the worst hand that I would value bet here um, would be, oh god, six seven probably top two. Yeah, I think top two, um, potentially nines. I guess like an, an overpair that also has uh, the open ender and blocks their straights might be, might make it in there or tens, maybe since tens don't block eight nine, the the open ender. But I would not bet aces kings queens jacks or ten or aces kings queens or jacks so like my, my value bet would be pr threshold would be pretty high here um and, and i don't think i would bet like ace five of hearts i think if i did uh bet with you know my the low equity portion of my range it would be something like ace four of clubs ace five of clubs maybe so like a flop back door um yeah, f some sort of like backdoor flush draw on the flop that I decide to to chunk into my overbet range and then um, also bet the turn. Yeah, I think I like I categorize those hands as like bluffs that are not painful to bet fold on the turn. Yeah. Um, and ace five would be a very very painful hand to, you know, get check jammed on or check. Eh, I guess check raise is fine depending on the size that you pick as long as they don't as long as they don't jam. But you know, for example, going big here with ace five getting jammed on would be just horrific and so we want to make sure that when we are c-betting the turn that we're not forced to fold out huge amounts of equity like this yeah. combo draw here and that when we do fold it's going to be like relatively low low equity hands like ace four of clubs just the you know overcard in a gutter or something like that that's you know likely doing very very poorly versus their check raising range yes so with all of this said on do six seven eight with the six seven of hearts hero has ace five of hearts i would be checking the turn um hero 
here decides to go for big overbet, almost 2x. It's like 175%er. Um, that is a that is a chunky, chunky overbet. Um, and I think like one thing that you mentioned here is it relates to uh, you know, facing a check raise that you don't want to fold your equity. Hero actually choose chose a size where villain's only reasonable raise size would be jam, which yep. is an utter disaster here with the ace five of hearts. Like facing a jam would be like the last thing that you would want to face um, in this spot. And so when you create a scenario where the out of position player uh, is only going to have a, when they raise, they're only going to jam that is, that is like quite the, quite the bad spot with ace five of hearts. So I, I would not do this. Um, yeah. At least with this, okay. I think out of like all the sizing options you have on the turn, this size is probably one of the worst ones because of the fact that they can't race to any other size than jam here, and they're probably very likely to jam, you know, big portions of their range here that a five is doing pretty well against. If you imagine hands like seven eight jamming here or six seven or something like that, yeah. like that's pretty that's pretty terrible for us. Um, and so yeah, I mean. It's, it seems like the main like the main lesson here is when you have a hand with this much equity, it's actually important to start thinking about like protecting your equity, right? Not getting blown blown off of it. And overbetting the turn here, leaving the only raise size for the big blind to be jam, is sort of like the opposite of protecting your equity. You're putting it, you know, as far out at risk as you can pretty much possibly put it out. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, those are the reasons why like I'd be happy to maybe not even go this big, but just like big bet a hand like Ace Four, where if I get check raised or jammed on it's like a it's a very very easy fold um and save like the you know the very high equity combo draws or just very high equity draws as as a flop check back and you know once i overbet the flop i actually feel you know pretty good about checking back like even strong flush draws and stuff like what one of the parts one of the components or one of the factors um downstream factors that comes into play once you overbet the flop is that you've already folded out all of their air um they, you just like don't have very many fold targets once they check call over bet on the flop and the turn is an eight. So like I I'm pretty like hard pressed here to like think of a hand that's gonna call over bet on the flop and then fold to an overbet on the turn eight. Yeah. Maybe like if you get really lucky with like seven X like finding a fold here or something like that, that's that's what you're that's what you end up targeting. Um right. but yeah, I think even fold targets here for, for this size are pretty narrow. Right. And like when when you two X, you know, the when you 2x, essentially, like, you're trying to generate, in this case, you, they have a lot of equity, so it's not so much, um, like, 60% folds, but it's going to be, like, 45% folds or 40% folds. And um, so, essentially, like, if you're targeting, like, 7x, uh, so, like, what was flop top pair, um, you need 7x to be, like, 40% of their flop call range. And that's just, like, almost never going to be the case, right? So, like, essentially, it's just hard to hard to turn a profit um with this this turn bet and you're putting your equity like super duper way at risk um so yeah uh, we'll wrap this hand up because it's going to be pretty trivial after this uh river pairs the seven and they check and now hero checks again what, what happened when we overbet the flop and overbet the turn is like we have almost no available uh fold targets on the river so like you know we don't we don't get the bluff ace high here and, and ace high also just doesn't have much equity because of how big we bet on the flop in the turn which creates like a really bad river situation for us where we can't bluff and we don't have equity and so we essentially just like check and lose um so we do check and we do lose to the queen deuce of hearts um, which is probably the most brutal hand to lose to in this scenario. It's it's a hand that would call the turn, but <laughs> that, that would call the turn and fold to a river bet. Um, one of the one of the rare ones. Yeah. That uh that actually beat us. <laughs> I think like th there are hands like Jack Ten of Hearts would, would probably call the turn and, and you know fold the, to the river bet, but we our ace high beats them. Um. All right, so hand number one, easy peasy, twenty minutes in the books. Uh, let's move on to hand number two. <laughs> I feel like we could spend like 20 hours on that hand, honestly. Yes, we, we probably could. But for the sake of our sanities, we, we probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> so hand number two, five-handed uh, heroes opening in the hijack with the king 10 offsuits, uh, king of spades, 10 of diamonds. They face a min three bet from a whale in the small blind and the red cold calls four big blinds from the big blind 
hero calls. I don't think there's really anything to discuss here. Hero's getting just infinite to one on their money and they have position and all these things. I, I do think like worthy of discussion, this reg flat, uh, flatting the three bet cold with the action still open generally isn't a thing. However, in these circumstances, I think it's, it's something that like, you know, I kind of, I kind of see students do. Um, I kind of see like wolves do occasionally where they'll fold a hand that is like completely reasonable to flat within the big blind here because they're, technically calling a three bet cold. Um, and I think that like villain being a whale here, you just need to have some flats, some, some cold flats of three bets to four big blinds. And like you're protected by the hijack. Um, you're protected by, by the hijack under four betting due to the whale three betting because whales tend to call four bets very, very often. So here, like with King 10, Four betting, not the greatest of ideas because the whale almost always calls and now we're building a gigantic pot with King 10 off and that's quite bad. So anyway. I think Someone in the chat actually brought up a good point that this is like a pretty loose open to begin with. And I think that's that's something that I didn't even think about the first time around here. But like, yeah, King 10 offsuit would not be a would not be a MP open for me at six max. It's a good observation. Nice. All right. We get a good flop though. The 10, four, five. Really good flop. Mono. So 10, four, five of spades. Hero's got second enough flush draw, top pair. Just, they got the world. The whale bets half pot. Um, I mean, <laughs> I would be surprised if the whale didn't bet exactly half pot. That, that's a very, very whaley size. Um, big blind calls and hero over calls. I, there's just nothing for hero to do here other than call. They... Yeah, just ra raising is pretty much off the table because you're not going to get called by worse. Um, so hero overcalls, and, and they have a lot of equity. Turn is a king of clubs, so that's quite the, the nice turn. Hero turns top two pair with the second nut flush draw, so how could they lose? Um, there's 30 bigs in the middle. Check, check. Hero bets half pot ish so 16 into 30 i guess we can talk about hero size here right because i think yeah. like every action up to this point is um fine yep however i yeah. sizing here on the turn um don't like this sizing because of the fact that we're playing mostly because of the fact that we're playing versus a whale um i think once the turn gets checked through to us like this we just always have the best hand or have the best hand like 99% of the time. Um, so feel really, really good about value betting this hand. When I'm playing versus a whale and have a super strong hand, like top two pair and I'm value betting, um, I'm gonna be sizing up to as big as I think I can, as big as I think I can go. So I think the smallest size here that I would probably end up using is something like 70. And you know, if I saw myself betting like pot or even like a slight over bet here, I think that would be completely reasonable. Lots of worse hands that we can call get called by lots of, plus draw a lot of combo draws that you know might include like the ace of spades or something like that um, that we can target on the turn and just really trying to go for max value here maybe even set up for stacks on the river nice yep uh chat says two-thirds pot on the turn i think two-thirds pot is pretty good you know if you bet two-thirds here like 20 bigs you're going to set up a one-to-one -one spr versus the whale which i think is nice um well so with that said you know i'll probably go like 24 bigs something like that to make it just a little bit under pot on the river for my jam but mm -hmm. yeah, with the whale involved, I would definitely size up on the turn. Um, whale folds and the red calls. And hero gets the jack of spades on the river. So congratulations, hero. You have upgraded Our the strength of better your on hand. Every yeah. street. You, you, you went from two pair to a flush. Woohoo. Um, and the reg donk jams. So, oh, come on. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, the classic, the the classic donk jam here on the the four flush. Um, I don't know that I have much analysis or things to say here. I yeah, think it just uh, sucks, but we just have to fold. Yeah, you just right. have to fold. Like you, um, even though it, it is the second nuts. Uh, the problem here is that you could have 
the nut flush, right? Like the, the hero in this spot could easily have the nut flush from the reg's perspective. And so like they just don't jam anything that isn't the nut flush here. They have to essentially call the turn in the hopes that the river's a four flush while also hoping that you don't have the nut flush, flop the nut flush or have the have had the nut flush draw in order to generate some folds. And that parlay is just not. Yeah, I think happening. like I would just simplify that thought process like even one step further. It's just like how how does the big blind have bluffs here? Yeah. It's just it's like impossible, right? They have to check call the turn <laughs> with with like Something that's gonna that's gonna bluff through. Like there just isn't there just isn't a single hand that I could think of. Maybe I'm missing something, but it's it's really really hard for me to think of a bluff that the big blind can have here. And again, like Brad said, this is a spot where we're we're protected by having the ace of spades in our range. So like for them to jam here is like especially ballsy, given that it's not like you know we're devoid of the nuts here in any way. And you know when you think about that too, it's like oh hey, like I have the nuts here pretty frequently. I actually can just call when I have the nuts if this guy it does have like a bluffing range on the on the river somehow <laughs> but i don't think he has a bluffing range on the river this is just i mean what 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 could what can he get to the river with that's that's that needs to bluff right i mean i i can tell you like you know for for those of you in the chat like i've been playing poker for a very long time you know i like I, i've been playing poker so long that like this this hoodie is actually like carapace it's grown out of my skin it's not even my it's part of my my skin um at this point like i have never called the bet on the turn, thought to myself, oh, wow, it's really easy for villain to have the nuts on this river and said, okay, cool. Now I'm just going to go all in. <laughs> like that, is just, that thought process has never happened in my life. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> looks like the, the most savage four or five of hearts. Th that would be the type of hand that you would need to find. You would need to find like a flop set or bottom two pair that didn't, that, that called the bet and then didn't bet the flop like bottom two. Uh, maybe I didn't raise the flop. Didn't raise yeah, didn't raise the flop, a flop flush that didn't raise the flop. It's just, you're just, they're just going to have the nut flush here like so, so, so often. Um, and even if they don't have it like every single time, this is a spot where like, even if, you know, I'm getting bluffed here a small frequency of the time, it's like, I'm totally okay with it right. because they, of just I mean, how hard it is to have a bluff here. They, they need more than a 33% bluffs, right? It's, it's like 34, 34% yeah. of their range needs to be bluffs. And there's like, this is not a way there, there's not a world where that ever happens. Yeah, there's no, yeah. Can't imagine calling here with the king of spades and winning a third of the time. Yeah. Oh, hero called. Oh, they had the ace of spades. Thank oh, no. God. I didn't even look at the result. We we could have looked like fools. And... <laughs> I'm really sad if they just showed up with like Queen Jack here or something. Everybody in the chat, everybody in the chat's like, are these guys any actually any good? And we break all that down and they just they just have a bluff. Like, oh, I guess not. <laughs> that would have been, been painful. Would have been painful. Um hand number three hand number three so ace jack of clubs you you can break down the action john you can you can talk some yeah all right ace jack opens hijack to an fx everything oh sorry sorry hijack opens to an fx we're in the, <laughs> the big blind with ace jack <laughs> i was looking at the chat well like you said we can't juggle two balls at once here um can either way here with ace jack suited three bet call um we're much deeper than usual i guess um again i don't think that changes much honestly with ace jack of clubs if i saw a student call here would be fine with it if i saw a student three bet here would be fine with it all right we decide to call okay so ace jack of clubs 5.5 bigs in the pot flop is seven eight deuce rainbow with one club we check and Villain, Face a big bet. That's big. Yep. So I yeah, guess this, this this is first decision point. Yeah, this is probably like close to like the lowest equity type of hand that I'm continuing. And maybe you can make an argument that a hand like Jack Ten is like lower equity than Ace Jack. But um, you know, you guys kind of get the point that like hands that like don't have a front door draw. These are these are like the the lowest equity hands that I'm continuing. Hands that have you know, over cards, backdoor nut flush draw. Um, this hand also has like a backdoor straight draw too. So I think calling here with a shack of clubs is the way to go. Yeah, it's okay. I'm like, I, I think folding is like totally reasonable to be honest, facing the big bet here out of position, um, facing hijack, big bet on seven, eight deuce. The The problem is that like when villain bets big here, they're, they're pushing a lot of equity and like we, 
like our ace is almost certainly good. The jack, I'm not sure. The jack also completes like 9-10. So do we capture additional bluffs on the jack? Um, how do we even feel when the turns of jack and villain bets big? Like probably not great. Um, so I, I don't know. Like I'm facing small bet. This is a call all day. Uh, facing big bet, I'm really on the fence um, with just the backdoor, backdoor no flush draw. But as John said, this is, you know, our best backdoor draw. Um, so cuspy, cuspy, cuspy. All right. Hero does call in this case. Um, I like it. <laughs> yeah, John likes it. I'm less ecstatic about it. Uh, oh, let's go. Yeah, Hero turns to Jack, so congratulations. You, you get your wish. Um, there is now like third, close to 14 bigs in the pot. Um, man, there's 200 big blinds behind. Hero checks. Now villain bets like 75% again um, on the turn. Congratulations. You, you got what you, what you wanted. Yeah, I'm calling 75% on the flop with Ace Jack High. Probably calling 75% on the turn with uh, Top Hair Top <laughs> Kicker. Not, uh, like you said, though, I'm not loving it, right? I'm like, okay, we, 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 we're we losing to like the hijacked value range here very, very likely, right? Yeah. Like we're not, we're bluff catching versus their bluffs. We're not like hoping to beat any of their value unless maybe they, you know, start doing this with like a King Jack of hearts or something like that that has like a back or flush draw on the flop or maybe yeah. just C-Bet's King Jack or something like that. Scotty, um, Scotty Melter. Hopefully, asked, he uh, could also have hands like Jack Nine and Jack Ten that that might value on themselves here versus our exact hand. So can't can't fold a Jack here. Yeah, we can't fold. Uh, Scotty Melter said, "What does the Jack captures Nine Ten mean?" Um, I meant the Jack completes uh, Nine Ten. It completes the the front door open in the straight draw. Um, so hero calls. There's nothing to do here other than call and actually be like kind of very terrified um river pairs the seven which frankly is a better card for hero actually it's quite good for hero now that i think about it so heroes like front door uh like seven x of diamonds that would call the flop c bet and then call the turn c bet um do get upgraded to trips uh so i think the big blind here definitely is going to have a trips advantage um, on the seven, I don't think that the hijack is going to have seven X in the range other than like boats, um, like seven, eight or, you know, sets of eights that, that are boats. Uh, so like, I do think the seven is better for us than them. Um, with that said, uh, how does that help us? <laughs> how does that help our situation here? Um, if the if the seven is better, I think for it's good. I mean, it's like you said, just like reduces reduces the value combos that would go big bet, big bet on the flop and turn, and that's good. I mean, we still have a hand that is maybe can beat some hands that like value on themselves on the river. Again, like we said, if like King Jack and Jack Ten barrel at the turn, like I think you might find them value betting the river some of the time. Um, Jack Ten maybe a little, Jack Nine and Jack Ten a little bit thinner, but like King Jack, I think can pretty comfortably value bet the river. Um, and then we just do, we still do beat like whatever bluffs they have, right? Like backdoor diamonds that bet the flop, turn a flush draw on the side to keep barreling. Um, I don't know, maybe hand, like a hand like five, six, four, five, mm -hmm. uh, like those, those types of hands. So I think I would just happily check ace jack here and bluff catch versus all the normal sizes. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, I do think like you could, there is, there is. I guess it's, it's too fancy, and I think ace-jack is just too strong. But if you had, like, jack-10 or jack-9, you could turn your top pair into a bluff facing, like, a small bet um, on this seven river if you really wanted to get frisky. Mm -hmm. Just punish villains yeah. for betting their over pairs too thinly at this depth um, on a card that, you know, significantly, like, it just, it just gives us a lot of uh, very strong hands on the river, and they don't have a ton of very strong hands on the river. So you, you could check check jam uh with like jack 10 jack 9 i just think ace jack is just too good to to turn yeah, into a yeah, bluff yeah um turn the jack x's that don't beat the king jacks or jack 10 jack nines themselves into bluffs on the river also it's just nice when you have a 10 and a 9 in your hand it just you know makes it less likely that villain has a straight to snap you off on the river with yeah hero hero uh led with ace, ace jack 10 percent um i don't know maybe it's not maybe it's not the craziest thing like it could 
you know, it's, it's a decent block. They get to over-realize their equity. They're probably not going to face a raise that often. Um, hard to get called by worse, but when you place a bet this small, I, I think that getting to over-realize is like quite, quite good. Um, so, and also you're kind over-realize of- over in what way? Like, uh, well, you don't fold to a river bet. So like a- any size river bet. I see. Um, and you, you're also like setting your price. Right, like you're setting your price here to make it to showdown. Um, so I don't know. I, I it's not. A thing. I would like challenge the over realizing thing a little bit because, like, I, like I said, I was planning on check calling, right? So I wasn't like I was not planning on getting shut out of my equity anyways. And like the when I can't check call, it's when I face like a really really big river bet. Like let's just say they decide to go huge for some reason. And I think like that probably happens maybe at a comparable frequency to like when we block the river and then get raised and like are in a tough spot with Ace Jack anyways. So. I don't know. I, I I can see the the reasons for like blocking here. It does like freeze the action. It does like maybe let you over realize like a little bit if you don't get raised. You know, if villains aren't raising here thinly with hands like ace jack or queens or stuff like that, queens kings aces, then like you know blocking like this goes up in value uh, a lot. Um, yeah, but the downside of that is that you just have to remember that like when you block this, like you might freeze the action versus the over pairs. But you're also not giving hands like diamonds five six four five an opportunity to bluff the river themselves, and so like yeah. there is like a push and pull here with whatever. And then like the final thing for me, like the final decision here, like the final data point, I guess, or, or factor here that would lead me to like not really have a donking range or not not block not lead block this river is um, something that we talked about in the Ace Five of Hearts hand, where it just like adds a humongous layer of complexity to like your your overall strategy, right? Like now you need a strat here for like. Facing a small raise, facing a big raise, uh, you know, you need a strap for like what other hands do I like donk here that are not ace jack that you know incentivize villain to like bluff raise or you know call with a bluff catcher like jack ten. Um, so basically, like you know, even with like a few few future out- outcomes, you can see like how much extra complexity having a donking range here adds versus just check calling ace versus just check calling ace jack versus yeah. a range that you know I am very very confident is is going to have bluffs in it or slightly worse value bets. So. Yeah, and like, uh, I really like check calling here. And all right, love the donk. So for uh, for devil's advocate, you know, I I just made a a course for poker coaching's advanced cash game course that's going to be coming out, you know, in the next month or so. Um, and one one of the lessons was a concept that is relevant to jujitsu, um, kazushi. And, and I think like one one interesting thing that could happen here w- is uh, villain could have an imbalanced river strategy where you know somebody in the chat um, asked about. What do we do facing a raise uh, if we donk? Well, one thing that's interesting here is, is that like if the overpairs don't raise for value, um, then what does raise for value, right? Like you're gonna you're, you're playing this to check call and capture um, capture a bet versus their like busted diamond draws, right? Their queen tens or um, king mm-hmm. ten of diamonds, th- those type of hands. Well, if this bet doesn't get raised by their overpairs but then does get raised by their diamond draws, then, you know, you basically can place this bet, lose the minimum versus their overpairs while also still capturing EV from their diamond draws, um, theoretically speaking. So that's just another like sort of uh, just thing that could happen here in this spot. But yes, as you said, like the complexity by having like a 10th, 10th pot size donk bet here on the river. If you're going to deploy it, then you need to really understand like how this node works and really have a good plan for what's going to happen when, when you face a spectrum of actions and all while not blowing yourself to smithereens, um, which spoiler alert, I, I think most of the times we just blow ourselves to smithereens here. But hopefully if you do take the wily e. Coyote approach and, and blow yourself up, uh, you use that as an opportunity to learn. Um, oh, we get called. Nice. Yeah, we get, we got called by Queens. So. Oh. Well, okay. Okay. So if this is what happens, like then blocking Ace Jack for a tenth is amazing. This is just like, and and this is probably like a little more of like you know having familiarity with the pool and like the, the players that you play against on a on a regular basis. But like if if you're if you feel very confident that they're just not going to do a good enough job of raising Queens plus on this river facing ten percent donk then um yeah i would do this all day with ace jack i thought i thought this hand was gonna raise river for sure they're deep you know they, they probably don't want to set up a situation where they they face a bet three bet if, yeah, if they do yeah. raise with queens so like essentially the allure of making it a showdown is just too high to, to raise with these hands mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. from villain's perspective like i have to imagine yeah. that's that's what's kind of going through their mind 
Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think about all that. But if that's if if that's what Hero was thinking about in this hand and kind of using like depth to their advantage in that way, I think that's that's this is just amazing. Yeah, the that that ace though poker um, says bet call seems bad to me. Reg bluff raises rarely. So like essentially how this situation sets up, if if the reg is calling with their overpairs, that removes um, a lot of the value when they do raise the river, right? So essentially if they're not raising with their overpairs, they're raising with their straights and they're raising with their boats. Um, they don't have that many straights and they don't have that many boats, and but they do have a large bucket of busted diamond draws or air region um, that they could essentially raise the river with. And they don't need to find a ton of those um, to the point to where like we, we get the pot odds to, to call facing a raise. Okay. So well played, well played, well played. Ten percent, ten percent, river bet, block for the for the win. Um, okay, so here we go. We have the kings. We open from the hijack at two point five bigs. Apparently, the hijack is the that's the seat that we play from the most here. Um, big blind calls. Flop is queen ten eight with the ten eight of diamonds the reg checks and now the actions here on hero um check or bet Seems... go either way oh sorry yeah yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say i think this board is like again if i saw a student check here wouldn't think much of it if i saw a student c bet this board wouldn't think much of it um it's like just connected enough where you know i think you can start thinking about checking back hands over pairs um like one pair of hands like kings uh, if 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 this was like I don't know, uh, Jack ten eight or something like that, then I think I'd I'd be much more on board with checking back king. So whatever hero does here, I'm likely gonna be okay with. Okay, I'm. I I actually like c betting here with kings. I think more than checking. Um, we have like so many hands in our range that can bet call the flop, that like I'm not worried about you know just like, I'm not worried about like protecting um, kings versus like check raises so much i think that like on king 10 8 they probably don't have like queen 10 off so they only have a few combos of queen 10 suited um and then 10 8 suited they're gonna three bet queens and tens at a decent clip eights they probably have so like and then, and then like jack nine suited and then on the flip side of that like they're gonna have jack 10 they're gonna have 10 9 they're gonna have 8 9 they're gonna have queen jack they're gonna have king queen so like they, they have a lot of like one pair hands that we can get value from as well as like, you know, the ace jacks, the ace jack type hands, king jack type hands. So I think like just we have a we have a range that can call a check raise. And I think with kings, we can just target a bunch of like single paired hands. And it's not as if like playing turns and rivers is going to be like super difficult, right? Like, oh, the, the turn's like a spade. Well, we probably don't bet now. The, the turn is like a jack or a nine. Well, we're probably not going to bet the turn. Um, turns like a queen, 10 or eight. We're probably not going to bet. Uh, turns an ace we're probably not going to bet all the other turns we're probably just going to keep betting um and then if like villain check raises the turn again like i would ask myself where am i out of my range um where's where's kings like we have jack nine we have queen ten we have queens we have tens we have eights we've got so many different hands that we can continue with that like maybe kings just turns into a bet bet fold if they raise the turn um so yeah that that would be my my strat here but hero does check behind and again i don't think there's anything terribly wrong with it my preference would be to check behind hands that uh block top pair so you know queen jack uh king queen ace queen would be my the hands that i would check over kings in general uh matthew kagan asked what matthew kagan asked what size yeah yeah, yeah oh, go big uh three-fourths is what two-thirds three-fourths um, that would be the size that, that I would go for here on this board. Yeah. Good question. That's yeah, a great question. Turn is a jack. So, and this is another, this is another part of this too, where, you know, if you bet Kings, then you can capture a bet on the flop at a very, very high frequency, right? Like every time they call, when you check behind and the turns a jack, well, now you're not going to capture a bet right? Like you don't get to bet the turn now. And so like the turn just going to go check, check. And so like, essentially you've had a value hand on the flop that you could have gotten captured a bet. And now you're not even going to be able to place one bet because the flop checked through. And now there's a four straight on the turn. So that's just another like reason why I personally prefer betting the flop. 
Um, okay. So here on the four straight, the rag bets half pot. Hero can't really do anything. Um, so hero calls. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hero can't really do anything. He can't do anything other than, than like call. To... Like they, they can't, they can't. Oh God. You guys let me know when we're back. This, uh, Are we back? Are we doing it? If it says live there in the corner, I think we're good, right? I don't know. We're back. Okay, we're back. All right, all right. All right, so John, go ahead. You you found something that's uh, better than checking back. I didn't think we had an option, but I guess we do, and now I feel kind of silly that I, that I overlooked it. Yeah, I think um, so Queen-Jack-10 is like especially good for the preflop raiser, right? Like we're expected to have Ace-King, the big blind, Never has Ace King in a single race plot. Ace King makes a lot of sense um, to fit kind of in our checkback range on this board. We don't want to get check raised. We have some nut equity that we'd really like to realize, plus maybe some overcards. Um, and then I think when you loop that in with the with what I imagine the big blinds turn probe range to be on this board, which I think it's going to be split between like flush draws for their bluffs, probably maybe some some random draws that I can't think of, um, and then their their value for this for this size, I think it's just going to be nine X. It's just going to be straights. Um, and I think what I'm worried about with Kings, what I can kind of see happening downstream is that like on a brick river facing a big bet, I'm just like playing this guessing game with Kings where I'm just like, I don't know how many flush draws they have. I don't know if they continue bluffing with flush draws. Maybe they only get to the river with nine X calling here with Kings could be, could be torching. Um, so what I'd like to do instead of play that guessing game on the river is raise small here on the turn. Um, probably get called by all their 9x, hopefully raise small enough to get called by all their flush draws and feel very comfortable that I'm never going to get bet 3-bet on this turn with Pocket Kings because of that ace-king advantage we just talked about um, that we have in a single raise pot. Um, so my plan here would be to raise small on the turn, hopefully get called by the flush draws and then check back the river and let them win with their straights and hopefully eke out a little bit of value from their flush draws and not play the guessing game on the river versus a polar bet. Yeah, I really like that. You know, just essentially like raise small and again over realize. Um, villains not going to be bet three betting this board, or at least they shouldn't be. They just can't bet, bet three betting is kind of suicide as the preflop caller on Queen Jack Ten. So essentially, um, raise a turn, check back river, and then you can also bet the river if you improve, right? So like if the river is an ace or river is a nine, then you can still bet. Uh, Mad Sox asks, what if they donk the river? I think if they donk the river, um, it's going to be on boards that change what the best hand is so like a queen jack 10 or eight or spade um and if they choose to bet the river um on those cards then we lose <laughs> that, that's pretty much it uh okay good hand john good find good and if they dunk the river on not those cards we jam oh god i don't know <laughs> all right to, we'll save that for, for later targeting trying to fold out um 9x i mean there is a lot of depth here so you know maybe maybe that maybe that could happen um if, if we go back to, to john's graph and look at the days where he he decided to just raise facing everything every time um i think he would say that that didn't end well <laughs> trying to make a little bit of a little, <laughs> a little bit of insight into why so many of my tactical tuesday hands end with me getting stacked yeah yeah uh Essentially, when you try to fold out straights, people just don't fold them often enough to to make money. Um, that 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 was the lesson that that he learned. Uh, Rivers a deuce and villain checks anyway. So now hero just has like very easy check behind and yep. loses to jack nine of spades. Um, so yeah, really avoided the landmine um, of not c betting the flop and getting check raised by jack nine. Uh, Jack nine here for all of you watching, I think is, um, I don't know how to put it softly into words. So the softest I'll go is this is absolutely atrocious checking Jack nine on the river here. Um, what is this guy doing in you know, like, this is, this is, uh, not good. Um, spoiler alert, just not, not good. So Essentially, what happens is they're, they're maybe they're afraid of getting raised because the in position player has ace king. The problem, yeah, is, he got scared of ace king on the river. Like that's what happens. <laughs> right, 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 right. The the problem is that ace king is still going to absolutely 
batter you when you check and also heroes just going to check back all of their all of their hands that want to make it to showdown like kings um when you when you check with the jack nine so yeah it's um hero got super fortunate the reg here bet your straights you should you should bet the straights maybe not a reg <laughs> maybe not a reg maybe maybe it's a generous tag generous label okay so we have a couple of global poker hands we'll do two more and then we'll we'll call it a night as we said you know we're four hands in we're this is so so many so many hands um compared to normal tactical tuesday you guys are getting getting the bonus uh oh there's so many questions too man all right so i need to yeah this is john's graph for those of you Need to change the size here of this window. I think everybody is agreeing that at 100 NL, nobody folds a nine on the river. Dude, I don't, I don't know if people fold a nine at 2K NL, like, because then they know, right? Oh, they, they just, they have, they're gonna rep ace king here like every time. Right? All, so all, all I know is that, straight? all I know is that they never fold if you never try. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> they they never fold if you never try. Um, and I, I'll say this. I've seen people try to fold out big hands quite often. And sometimes they do fold the big hand. Like occasionally you'll, 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 I'll, I'll be reviewing a hand and I'll be like, holy shit. I can't believe you just folded that out. That's um, what keeps the hope alive. Yeah, that's what keeps the hope alive. All right, so... There was one hand, ah, oh, this is it, the ace-king. This fancy global poker replayer here. Um, hero, Mike McHugh, opens 2.5 bigs with ace-king off on the button. Small blind, tree bets to 10. Mike McHugh, four bets to 21 nice. bigs. Good, Good job. sizing. Great sizing, Mike McHugh. You did it. And we're not being sarcastic. <laughs> like, like, I think people just four bet way too big in this spot and like do things like four bet to like 30 big blinds or something like that. But I think anything, you know, between like 20 and 22, 23 ish is, is, is the way to go when you're four betting IP. So yeah, good size, Mike McHugh. Well done, Mike McHugh. Um, okay, so here, flop is queen, 10, eight. The small blind checks. Um, so first, first, <laughs> thing is a better check this is yeah. funny because we spent like i don't know how many hours in the last month talking about queen high flops as a pre-flop for better uh most of it specifically in, in these positions um mm -hmm. <laughs> so what we, what we spent like 10 hours talking about in the last week or so is about how the pre-flop four betting range from button does not have queen x in it or very very little queen x i guess depending on the chart that you're using yeah. you got to be very careful when you're playing against for example, strong studied regs who also know that that are that might be in the small blind when you're deciding to see about these uh, queen high boards as a preflop four better. Yeah, like ace queen in general is a flat facing a three bet, um, and but the small blind will have like king queen ace queen, uh, th those type of hands. So like the the queen advantage is definitely going to go to the small blind as well as like you know ten like sets of tens and sets of eights is also going to be in the small blinds range. Um, so I would not bet this board with ace king high um personally as the preflop four better uh I, I would check this one behind um with with ace king specifically and what hands am i also going to check behind like i'm going to have a pretty heavy check range here i think um probably a fair amount of my like aces i think are going to check behind um going to check behind like a set of queens i think that's probably a pretty sounds like checking range is just the way to go it's the simplest path for sure like it's it's a path that like it makes your strategy easiest to manage um in this instance hero does start out with a fourth i believe there they go and they get called uh so they bet a quarter turn is oh boy we got we improved we made a pair it turns a king of spades. So now the board is king, queen, 10 of spades, eight of hearts. And I don't think we're leaping for joy on this card. Although we are somewhat happy, right? We can't be, we can't be super sad. We, we did. Yeah. Come on. No. I mean, 
sorry, it's a spade, but come on, it's still a king. Yeah, like, you can't, you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we're so happy that we're almost certainly going to check, I believe. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, what? I would actually bet this turn still. Yeah, just going to go yeah. uh, bet turn jam check back river. Check back river. Yeah, I think I would bet this turn um, targeting like a lot of the pair plus draw. I think like villain just has mm, so much pair plus mm, draw on this mm. board, right? That's just like king jack, queen jack, jack 10, you know, maybe 8, 9, 10, 9. Like all those hands just have to call facing a quarter on the turn. Sure. Um, and maybe don't call facing a river bet. Like queen jack probably doesn't call facing, you know, a river bet, even yeah. if we check back the turn, right? But they'll definitely call the definitely call a quarter here. So. I think I just quarter here and fold to check raise. Feel very, very good about folding to check raise. Like we have, do we have flushes here? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> ace five. We have like ace. ace five we have straights. You know? We have sets. We have, yeah, we have hands that can call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have like sets and stuff. Hands that have equity versus flushes and straights. So it's not like you know, it's not like bet folding ace king here is. is we have uh, sets. Yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. So bet folding ace king here doesn't feel bad. I also think that like their check raise range on king queen ten eight is just like. Good luck finding enough bluffs to like make me feel bad about check folding ace king on this on this turn. So really I think I just quarter the yeah yeah I think I just quarter the turn again and plan on checking back the river. Yeah, they they need to be. I don't even know what honestly they could be raising with like jacks with a spade. Like they, essentially, they'd have to be turning a pair into a bluff to even like approach having enough low equity hands and the the like jacks with a spade just is getting going to get such a good price facing like a quarter that they actually have to go against their incentives of um calling just realizing uh, yeah. of just calling to realize to to raise and that just isn't going to happen humans just don't do that so yeah i really like i really like the the strat here just betting the turn and then stick out another 11 big blinds yeah yeah stick it out ah ooh well okay good, good okay. news bad news this is, this hero is hero check behind um However, Hero made trips on the river. So now we have like a very clear, the clearest of clear value bets. There's 65.4 in the pot. Hero's got 65.3. So actually, Hero set up perfect SPR, right? <laughs> <laughs> One-tenth of a big blind less than the pot. Um, yeah, just a sizing selection here on the river. All of it. All the all she wrote, all the money. Yeah, I think we can incredibly target hands like King Jack. I don't know what hand like Ace Queen or Queen Jack does, but let's find out. Stick all the money in and find out. Um, yep. Yeah, I agree. I think there's really only one sizing option here. Um, what's actually going to happen is that uh, the hero in this hand thought there were two sizing options um, instead of one, and they chose half pot on the river. Um, so this is going to be the final hand. So we'll, uh, talk about why, you know, this, this size specifically is not super great. Um, the, the reason the, the main reason is like, well, what happens when you bet the size and villain has Queens full and check the river? Or do they just have a trap, right? Not even Queens full. Like if they just decide to check all their flushes, straights and right. boats on the board pairing river, which is not that crazy. Like what? What do they do? Yeah, they like just rip it in. They they rip it in every time, right? So all, all the hands that actually beat you jam, and then all the hands that you're beating call. So you win the minimum and lose the maximum by choosing the size and giving villain the option to check jam the river. Um, when you know, yeah, you, you should just jam it and and not let this villain have this optional river to bet. Um, yeah, we have a that's the term that we use in in the CPG wool CFP for like these types of spots and using bet sizes like this is that you're you're setting up what we call the optional two bet game right like you're giving player seven eight eight four the option to jam with their good hands and the option to just check call with their bluff catchers right and so like what we prefer is that we just jam and if they have a good hand we lose the same amount anyways and if they have uh they have a bluff catcher they they end up losing more and so most of the time you want to avoid setting up the optional two bet or giving the, the optional two bet option to to your opponents agreed and good stuff. Want to thank Jonathan Little and the poker coaching team for having us here on Tactical Tuesday. Uh, hopefully, we'll do it one day again in the near future. Hit the like button. Um, head over to our YouTube at Chasing Poker Greatness. 
and check out Tactical Tuesday. We do this every week, not for an hour and not really live, but we do uh, we, we do, do this every single week. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, one final call to action, one final plug. Going to be um, launching a course at Poker Coaching. Uh, did took me two months to do my portion of the advanced cash game course. It was lots of, lots of pain, um, but I completed it and I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, somebody said finish the hand. So people need to know, they need to know what happens. Um, well, looks like the villain's tanking. Oh, and they call and they muck. Can we see so. what they call? Can no, we see you, what we got called? We by? can. It's global oh. poker. Like just be, be happy that you got to see the replay. Oh, man. Um, I'm curious if sizing down actually had an impact. You know, did they call with like jacks here or like, you know, a 10 or? Could be. Who knows? Um, but in my experience, just Jim. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, what would be really sad to see is they just call it with King Jack, right? And like that's, that's what has you, you know, has you like face palming at the end of the hand or whatever. Yep. Agreed. All right. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. I just stole John's tagline by accident. John, you, you want to give it again? Or is it? Yeah, yeah. I'll try, I'll try again. See you next week. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week.